Hey everybody and welcome to the webcomic shortcast episode 2 where I talk with the owners and operators of Macroverse, a subscription service for high quality webcomics such as Remind by Jason Brubaker. They hope to create a sort of a HBO of webcomics and I was quite interested in that and I thought you know we could get a little chat, learn about them and learn more about their stance to some um, issues that at the time of recording were relevant to the comics industry. This intro is currently being recorded in post due to some production issues. Most of the audio in the actual recorded cast should be intact. I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side. First from a friend of mine that's currently working with you, uh, full oh, disclosure. Cool. Oh, uh, Jay, I think you know who Jay is, Espen, uh, oh, who yeah. makes aerosol. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, really good friend of mine. I've known him for a while. Yeah. Uh, he actually was the first person to tell me about you guys. I just want to know how you guys got to where you are with that, with this whole website idea. Like, you don't just open a website and go, I'm going to make it. Just make apps. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. I really like Java, guys. <laughs> well, if we're starting, then I want to give a tiny bit of context uh, yeah. as I'm about, about to throw Adam under the bus. I oh, usually oh, answer this question. This is this is I have this whole like story that I usually tell about this part of the question. I want to hear Adam's version of it. So if anybody wants to hear my version of it, there's a bunch of places that we've talked about it. But I want to hear Adam's version of it so we can get <laughs> a really parallel funny. universe. Uh, 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 exactly. Here. Well, especially Parallel Universe, we haven't actually been in the same room together, of course, for like three months, <laughs> whereas we're normally together, you know, at least two, three times a week, yes. even though we live 15 minutes away, you know. Yeah. Um, so, no, basically, Evan and I met, golly, 18, almost 19 years ago, um, funnily enough, when Evan recruited me into a network marketing company. Um, and over the course of working together in that, the company went by the by, by the wayside a long time ago, but we had, he and I stayed friends. And realized that, like, you know, I was, uh, I have been in the physical production for 20 something years now. So, as a as assistant director in film and television. Mm. And then Evan comes from kind of illustration, design, web design, all that, all yeah. that, you know, creative art side of things. And we just realized that we both wanted to do the same kind of thing. We both wanted to make stuff. We wanted to do interesting things in the entertainment industry as a whole and started writing together. And then, we had the opportunity to start making motion comics um, oh, on this. a project, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were kind of hot for a while, and we figured out that we had this kind of, we brought this interesting kind of uh, 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 confluence of skills together, basically, with uh, approaching the approaching motion comics for original material by mm. kind of working into the comic from the animated version of it. So approaching it like filmmaking as opposed to like comics, and then telling the story from there. And so we had some success, I think, in the motion comic field, doing video game cutscenes and whatever else. Yeah. And in while we were kind of doing that, Evan basically went and produced, um, got the rights to produce a Boondock Saints comic. Um, okay. you, do you know the other Boondock Saints? Yeah, movie? I, know, I know. I know Boondock Saints. <laughs> it's yeah, fantastic. Right, it's great stuff. <laughs> so Evan went and basically got the got the rights to produce a comic series based on that. Um, and as you know, he was doing that, we were working together and stuff, and he, it was just kind of the frustrations and challenges that came along with the kind of traditional comics production process and mm. the monopoly that is diamond and all that stuff. Oh, Over that God. process, we started talking about, well, what would a kind of digital version of, of this be? What would an app be, uh, uh, a truly kind of interesting app-based 
uh, comics reader be? Yeah. We looked at kind of comicsology. We looked at some of the other competitors out there, and you know, a lot of them are basically PDF readers. That yeah, put a lot of them. A lot of them are. I think um, the only real mm-hmm. big difference is what webtoon tapas, and mm. um, if you pay attention to the web to the to the um, scanlation market, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know about those guys. I have uh, sc- or scroll on. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, scroll. the scanlation guys. Uh, so the guys who mm. steal Japanese comics and then translate uh, them yes. because oh. they have the biggest like. <laughs> It's a weird thing to say, but they're your yes. biggest competitors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Because you know, we, you know, I think so. What happened was, I mean, we started kind of experimenting and toying around with stuff and how would this work and what could we do? And we tried a few things. And then actually, a couple of years ago, having kind of been it, it was in the constant in the background. Mm. Um, we we had this series dead down that has been we has been in our in our minds. We've had scripts written, comic series written for 10 years or so now. Mm. Um, and we finally found an artist who we felt could do that and started working with him on that and realized, okay, if we're producing this anyway, let, let's use this as a kind of example of what we think we can do with this tap story concept that okay. we've okay. developed. Yeah. And so having done that with him and got up to kind of the first season of that, we then last year turned around we always knew we wanted to make it multi-title we then turned around and were able to kind of put the resources into making the version that you see now basically okay Uh, so it's basically you've already made that's answered two questions for me so you made um like the app the the website for something else entirely this is for your and so just just a, a little point of clarity there so it's you know it's actually the website is really just the marketing you know Go um, download the app mm-hmm. yeah, uh, portal, okay. but the but it's really the app that we're focused on, and we okay. think that you know basically our our general point of view on content is that everything is coming through your phone. So it's yeah. like even if you're watching it, even even if you know people <laughs> like to watch Netflix on TV, but there's still a huge portion of people that are just watching it on their phone. So yeah. everything yeah. is coming through this device that we're all addicted to, and so as one of the kind of revelation moments for us in this process is we initially started off thinking, oh, well, the best version of the experience is the iPad version. I think that's, you know, kind of the general thinking. And it's like the larger the screen, the Mm -hmm. better, you know, it's art, all that stuff. But we had this moment of realization where like, you know, but 90% of people are going to read it on the phone. So instead of treating the phone like the afterthought, what if we treated the phone as the main experience? Mm -hmm. Like this is the thing. Um, yeah. And so that that was a, a kind of shifting point as we you know went through that process. And and it was the webtoons thing, as you were saying. It was yeah, like that. Yeah. I think they pioneered. Great, I'm going to make it work mm-hmm. on this well, vertical thing, and yeah. that is the primary delivery. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. it was go. Oh wait, yeah. it actually does work, but we think we can do it better. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, That's, exactly. Total, that makes total, total sense. I think. Um, yeah, I did because I've been I've been doing this like webcomic stuff all and off in between work for three three years now, four years now. Yeah. And while doing it, I've done a lot of, like, I've tried to do a lot of webtoon stat analysis using other people I know's numbers mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people are reading on the phone. It's like a 70% yeah. minimum on the phone. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And you look at the success of webtoons. What was it, Evan? A hundred? Nine billion views last that was year. It. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. And, <laughs> and like they pulled in, I read their, um, I read the Naver uh, Korean American, the report on their, their, their um, public, like, I forgot what you call it, where you give mm-hmm. your investors mm-hmm. the, um, and the asset report or whatever for like last third last quarter and it's like 140 million they're pulling out of the US. And if they're if two of their services are Lion and Webtoon, they're pulling money from one of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if that's actually I hadn't I hadn't seen that. If that's just the US, then they're, you know, 
the majority of their business is outside of the U.S. So that's uh, yeah, it's even more impressive. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, we're coming for you, Webtoons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, soon the king will be toppled, hopefully. <laughs> if you don't mind, let me just add one last little note in there. So yeah, I mean, I think that to underline one of the things that Adam said, like we made this initially because it was the thing that we wanted and it didn't exist. So like as creators, we were like, we want to do these, you know, several things with this series. We think this is the way that comics should work. Is there something out there that does that? They're not. So I guess we have to build it. And that was where it started. And then as we got further into it, it was like, great. We think this solves a lot of the problems and pain points that other creators have too. Let's yeah. make it a business. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I think where I want to approach now is, so a lot of the people, when I was gathering questions for this, I, a big question I got was, why are they starting their own service? That sounds very expensive. And I just, I guess I, just, I do want to understand is like, would it be fair to say that a lot of your cost is mostly just all of the hosting soft, software and not all the hosting hardware and not really yeah, like. It's, it's, I mean, the majority has been development and mm. production of content. So, mm. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, basically we're, we are a startup. So we're running very lean. We yeah. we're fortunate in that we have a combined skill set that allows us to actually have, have we've done a lot of the heavy lifting up to this point. It's like part yeah. of my background is also in app development. And like I've worked on mobile gaming and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah. there's a lot of kind of like how to do it that we know how to do. And then we've brought in some other people as we've needed them to kind of flesh out different pieces of that skill set. Um, but we've, we've kept it very lean and uh, really focused on, you know, trying to solve what we think are the bigger problems for ourselves and then for other creators as well mm-hmm. in trying to find a way to, to make something that makes more sense for a lot, for a, at least a large you know, portion of the, the makers out there. That's also um, why you went for the, um, the monthly stuff. subscription as well, wasn't it? Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think a yeah. current complaint in the, um, in the I would be fair to say the zeitgeist, would be a lot of Webtoon readers are currently complaining about like, hey, why are you making us pay for old content? Because they, they, they put a money barrier on a lot of yeah. old content that's popular. Why are you mm-hmm, making us yeah. pay for old content? I don't like buying coins. But if they, if they have a subscription, they know what they're going to be getting every time. I think that's for a right. lot of people, that's exactly. valid. Exactly. You know, we always like the idea of of the subscription model very mm-hmm. much. Kind of looking at kind of okay, if Webtoons is YouTube, what can we be? We're kind of we're HBO. Like okay. we can you know high you know high quality bar curated content, um, are more focused on just being as yeah being as 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 uh, impressive as possible from the content standard. Basically. Okay, so setting a very high bar and enjoying and 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 that will drive that will retain like have people come and, and subscribe and then retain those subscribers because they're the yeah. constant feed of this of course yeah stuff. especially with you the know? queries you got jason was jason brubaker i i was <laughs> i don't i don't keep a, i don't follow a lot of names because i'm very bad at remembering anyone's names but his name was like the first thing that my friend was like you need to go look at this <laughs> well and he got the eyes the reward uh with well yeah. view like his yeah. his series yeah. is fantastic yeah yeah he's, yeah he's good he's good at what he does and like you guys seem to be looking for a lot of high quality creators that's great you guys are told me you have some experience. You know, you worked in film, you worked in you app development, game development, fellow game developer. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> um, did you work in the traditional comics industry? Like, did you work with uh, Big Three? You know, mm-hmm. DC, Marvel, Image. Uh, how much work did you do with them? Kind of stuff. Was yeah. That? So I'll, I'll I'll take I'll take that. So I uh, I grew up 
you know, total child of the nineties, you know, comic scene, uh, the weekly trek to the comic store was something I look forward to, you know, every, every week. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, there was a moment, I going to take a slightly long, long roundabout answer to this, but there was a moment <laughs> growing up where you know, like indie comic scene was really exploding with Ninja Turtles and the black and white boom. Mm. And then of course, image was a huge you know influence on me. So I grew up wanting to be a comic artist. That was my total focus you know as a as a young person i went to art school going i'm going to art school to come out being a comic artist um i had a chance and this is kind of a defining moment of right before i went to college this is when malibu and image had just split off mm-hmm. and malibu offered me a series like right before i went to art school and so i had to decide like am i going to do this thing that i've been working for this whole time or am i going to go to school and i ultimately decided to go to school and then a weird thing happened while being at art school. I realized I had no interest in drawing monthly comics. <laughs> so I've been a lifelong comics fan, um, but I'd kind of gotten away from the industry and started a, a branding and media agency right out of school. And so I ended up doing a lot of uh, you know commercial illustration and design work. We were in the early days of flash animation on the web. So, you know, we were doing like 3D cars reaching across, you know, <laughs> animated screens for, you know, Volvo and stuff like that. Um, and all kinds of different cool projects at that time. Um, but as Adam said, you know, when we came together and became friends and started working together, the kind of the, the realization and the reignition of kind of the love of wanting to make content and tell stories specifically was kind of the driving force behind all of that. And so that is what ultimately led to the Boondock Saints comic series. And that was what brought me back into the actual comics industry. So by, by putting that together, it was kind of a full overview of what was going on in comics. Because not only did we have to go get the rights and find the publisher and put the creative team together and actually produce the book, but it was working with Diamond to, you know, get distribution into the bookstores. And then it was doing the convention circuit all over the US with the actors from the films, which is amazing. So we had this like really kind of crash course over the course of about a year of like the full cycle of publishing. Um, in comics and at a, at a high profile enough level for us to really see, you know, more, I mean, certainly from an indie perspective, but at a, at a level that was getting a lot of attention and where we could really see the dynamics of all of that. And so I came out of that really, you know, as Adam and I kept talking and thinking about this, it was like, that was amazing. And there's so many things that are broken about the traditional comics industry. And that was a a big part of what kind of pushed us down this road. So I was working with diamond, by the way. Um, uh, a whole interesting uh, <laughs> set of challenges. And this is what's interesting. I can only imagine what a nightmare it is for people that weren't working with a popular, you know, franchise that had the support of, you know, pre-Walking Dead, Norman Regatus and Sean yeah. Patrick Planner. And like, you know, we were doing signings in Barnes and Noble that would get a decent crowd because of the draw of the, the actors and the, like, and the director. Emerald, you know? Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah. It was around the yeah. It was around the bloody I mean, they, floor. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, we we were getting more. You know, our lines were longer than a lot of you know bigger quote unquote bigger you know names in comics because of that draw because of this rabid fan base. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we got this experience that most indies don't get, and so I can only imagine like you know what a nightmare it is you know for people that don't have that kind of yeah. you know thing. Um, and so you know it, it did. It really motivated us to start looking at you know we care about telling stories that we want to tell. We know a lot of people that make comics are making it for the love of it because they have these stories that they want to tell. And this model, it's great if you're Marvel, DC, Image, or Dark Horse at that point. 
Um, but it kind of sucks if you're Down anybody else. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really loved the line "Dark Horse" at that point. <laughs> well, that was still the Hellboy Sin City time. So. Yeah, it was such <laughs> such a revealing line. It's good to know you have the experience. It's good to know you work with you've worked with the worst and. I'd say the worst, some of the worst yeah. and some of the best of what the industry had to offer. So that's why you're on the web. But like, okay, this is the question I think I have. And I have this question for a lot of different platforms because lately there are a lot of platforms, webcomic platforms popping up. Sure. Um, especially with a lot of them licensing work from Korea, which mm-hmm. you're not doing, uh, nope. at least as far as I know. So yeah. um, do you, you think you're, you guys are coming in this fully serious. This is no, yeah, yeah. this is no grift. Right? No, no, oh. absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I say no, this for re- yeah. for many reasons, but it's just because yeah. we have had a lot of grifters. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Bring bring the hard hitting questions. We're yeah. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> Oh yeah. Pulling no punches. We'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Just, we've had a lot of them in the industry. We've had a lot of people come take um like steal content with through rights yeah. usage take people's money, um, you know, even in, even if we leave comics, we just talk about the internet as a whole. YouTube yeah. with the whole um, MCNs, multi-channel networks, we're just yeah. skimming people's money off. So the question yeah. I think a lot of creators will have is, why should I go to you? What service yeah. do you have that's good for me? And also, yeah. as a person, are you going to take something from me that you shouldn't? You know, <laughs> like that's how people, that's, I think that's how a lot of people are viewing it. They're being yeah. very careful. Yeah. So, I mean, Emma, do you mind if I take the first part of yeah, and chime in obviously later? Yeah. But it's a, yes. I think fundamentally, and there's a couple of things. Fundamentally, we are creators ourselves, mm. and so we we kind of pass everything through. How would we feel if we were on the other end of the steel? Like Oops. you know, fundamentally, that's our approach. Mm. Um, and we've certainly, as creators, been in situations where the deal has been favorable, and we've walked away from that deal, and we know exactly why. So that now when we were putting our contracts together with our with the creator team that we have, it was very, very consciously what is appealing to them, what makes this the best it can be for them, and of course allow us to grow and expand and do everything we need to do. But the bigger we can kind of build this pie, the the better it's gonna be for everyone involved. Um and yeah. so to that end, I think one of the I think one of the things that really sets us apart is the mm-hmm. we are adopting a kind of more of a Spotify. Um, revenue share model with the creators that we mm-hmm. uh, work with, yeah. So that essentially uh, we take essentially it's fifty percent of the revenue that comes into the company. Half of it goes into a creator pool, um, and that money is then divided up based on readership. So if we've got a million, if we've got a million page views in a month, let's say, mm-hmm. and you've just come out with a new Boondock Saints comic and you've accounted for two hundred and fifty thousand of those, then great a quarter of that revenue pool goes to you, but then everything else is based up. So if you're in the low end of that and you've got a, a few hundred, great, you're getting something out of that. But okay. because we're able to also, because it's all app-based and because it's all digital, yeah. creators can tap into their own fan bases very, very directly. So, they, you know, deep link, you know, they've got a huge presence on wherever, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, deep link straight into your series on our app. That okay. means you have some control to your marketing in a way that you just never had with the traditional comics business. Right. Yeah, that know? is very true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
and yeah, so just one one addition to that. So I think, you know, as Adam said, I mean, we we put everything through the lens of would we want this deal? And we we are we actually fight with our attorney about that at times from you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know well, this would be better for you guys. And like we know, but we want to make sure we're, you know, taking care of the people that we're working with. Because at the end of the day, I mean, this is an interesting way of contexting it. We actually look at a lot of this business like the customer is the creator. Mm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. but, and, and we can work together with the creators to serve the reader. But if we're doing our job, like we're making the best possible set of tools, the best set of experiences, the best storytelling opportunity, and the best way to monetize for the creators that we're working with. And if that doesn't work, this business doesn't work. So, I mean, that's really fundamentally the way that we look at it. Like we, we can't take stuff from the creators that we're working with and expect to be around in a year. Right. And we intend to be around for a decade or, you know, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple decades. Like we want this to grow into a big entertainment you know, business. It's not just about, you know, let's get some people on here and grab some cash. Um, you know, frankly, we've got better things to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. That's kind of relieving to hear. Like, yeah. honestly, I know, it's just, I'll be honest with you. Cause I was, yeah. I was, I was worried. We're all, I think we're all a little bit worried yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Cause um, especially with yeah. what's going on right now. You know, yeah. yeah. Funny yeah. how the general paranoia level, has, <laughs> general anxiety level has increased for some strange reason over the last few months. we're all just worried um, for reasons. Uh, yes. But you know, we're all worried, especially a lot of my creative friends, because this is what they want to do with their lives, and they yeah. don't know if they can trust the next person or service they go to with yeah. their work. Well, I just, I mean, I just saw a story on YouTube, which you, not YouTube, on, on Facebook, which you may have seen, which is you know, a very well-known comic creator who got approached by someone that was like, hey, we're making covers for GQ. And, oh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> signed a contract and she did like, you know, six or seven gorgeous illustrations and then found out that it was all a scam and that the people that had, you know, approached her had actually signed up, you know, a bunch of other professionals with the promise of, you know, this, this money for doing these illustrations and they were just taking the illustrations and running. And it's like, you know, Number one, I, that doesn't compute in my brain, but number two, it's like, of course, like when that happens to you, then, you know, the next day it kind of ruins it for the rest of us that are trying to do yeah. something yeah, it really does. You know, legitimate. Oh. It's like, you know, what the hell? A um, lot of people are afraid, especially like, um, yeah. I think they use the surface called surface called tapas. I hope, mm. the, I hope the, C, the CEO doesn't see this because I have an interview with him. In a few months, <laughs> and I hope he doesn't get mad at me, but um, there's a service called tapas and they've changed, yeah, their, yeah. they've changed a lot of their own, a lot of their own, um, website rules and website systems, yeah. how things look, and it seems to have affected their creator base very negatively. Yeah, and yeah, I would re- I and it's just for them, they feel like they're not being listened to. And I know mm-hmm. egos are egos, and people will always be a little feel always feel like that, no matter how big a company is. But it's yeah. just it's evident that like they weren't even thought about, and I don't yeah. want. And I would really hope that most another person coming isn't doing that same. Yeah. Ignore the creators. Well, we can do whatever I, we want. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I hope you hit him with that question because I think well, that yeah. sounds like yeah. something that needs to, <laughs> needs to be addressed. Yeah, you know, not not for Tapas specifically, but as you know, we we talk to a lot of as we brought creators on board. You know, mm. we talk to everyone individually, so it's not like a form that you fill out and you yeah. know, yeah, you know, there's no there's no automated sign up. Like every everyone that comes on to Macroverse is someone that we've had a conversation with, that we've looked mm. at the work together, we've talked about what they want to do, what we want to do. Like, is this a good fit? So, you know, it is curated. We treat it a lot more like you know, if you were developing television or something like that. Like, we're in this together. We want to make it as big of a success success together as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, as we talked to people initially, the biggest complaint that we heard about,
about webtoons and and it's probably extends to tapas as well is that it's you know very hard to quantify like what's the actual value of my content on this platform how does the revenue actually work like you know there's even though they try to like say oh it's ad sharing and all that stuff it's like it's it's murky it's 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 murky murky at best especially (laughs) because those websites Um, only actually count u.s page views for some reason which really affects a lot of creators because they're like I have a yeah. hundred thousand likes on my chapter, but I only got yeah. seventy thousand views this month. What does that mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. How's that possible? Exactly. So it's those <laughs> kinds of practices that we think, you know, are are wrong and that, you know, it's like you have to I think one of the things that makes what we're trying to do more appealing as well is that we feel like, you know, especially from an independent creator standpoint, like you're, you are putting your heart and soul into this. And so, you know, most Mm -hmm. of the people that we're working with, they're willing to do the work. Like nobody's saying like, I don't want to work to build an audience or to gain success with this or, you know, create the best thing that I can create. So we want to provide tools that allow you to do that, that, you know, that can, you know, do the thing that you're already trying to do, but do it better and make more from it. And so, you know, one of the things that we we've done to try to address that is, you know, we're very transparent with the way that we share data. We're building tools on the back end so that, you know, it's not just about page views. It's like, you can actually, you know, we're, we're not there yet, but the tool set that we're building is like, you'll be able to see like, Oh, someone stopped reading on, tap 37 on chapter six, mm. you know, and that's where the majority of the audience is dropping off. Is there something that I can do about that in the story? You know, you'll be able to see like, Oh, I got, you know, this many people reading through episode four continuously, but then, you know, they, they from that point they went and they bought a t-shirt. So like we're, you know, we're building <laughs> tools to facilitate, you know, other types of transactions that support yeah. the creator's endeavor. So it's, it's really looking at it holistically. It's not just about mm-hmm. like, you know, put your stuff up and let's hope it works. It's like, how do we help you build this business that you're already trying to build? And how do we do it in a better, smarter way that we can all benefit? And then ultimately the industry can benefit because I, I really believe we'll raise all of our ships together. That there's yeah. that, That's a piece yeah. that's kind of missing in the, you know, the indie landscape right now. That is, um, that is a good so, point. I think on the yeah. topic of tap on tap rating, just I'm going to pull that yeah. out from the way you just yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is one of the questions I got. Actually, there's two questions I got from yeah. other creators, which I'm supposed to ask you. Yeah. One of them, <laughs> I love it. I love that you like both of them. I got yelled at. I was like told, you got to ask this question. I ask this yeah. question. Um, in the conversation of tap, the tap reading format, uh, a lot of the creators I talk to are like, well, we already make content in mm-hmm. the scroll format, or I already make content in the in the page format, although the page format one was a lot fewer people. And like, yeah. how am I gonna do the tap thing? Where are they, like they, they're looking for, they're looking for like, they, they look at it and they're like, can I see requirements? They wanna understand a little bit more about how it yeah. works. Uh, I don't know if you guys have a have a page already for that. Like, you know, yeah. it just explains, this is how much, how big a tap page is, how we format it, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So two, two, two things there, and I'll, I'll hand part of this off to you, Adam, as well, but two things there. So, um, one is because we're not just, we're not YouTube, we're not open to everybody for better or worse. Um, so, you know, there is, you know, we are playing our cards a little bit close to our vest intentionally about how we make this stuff. And that'll Mm -hmm. start to open more, more and more as more and more content gets developed, obviously. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of internal conversations and, and actually would love feedback from people on, you know, how much desire is there to kind of see more of the the process and the, the, you know, the magic that goes into it, so to speak. <laughs> um, you know, so I think there is a sort of, you know, quite frankly, there's just sort of a business conversation of like, how much do we want to keep what we're doing slightly mysterious? And how much do we want to make it open? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably a good middle ground there. And at some point it probably just makes sense for it all to be open, but that's, that's an ongoing, you know, conversation. Um, and then, you know, I think from the creative side, you know, we felt like, again, sort of looking at the, uh, the, the, the different ways of optimizing for the phone that the thing that we could do, you know, what would be the benefit of having another Tapas and Webtoons competitor, first of all, like those things yeah. already exist. So if you want to mm-hmm. make stuff that does that, do that. Um, so we thought, you know, number one, what would be interesting and different, but also number two, we genuinely believe it's a better reading experience that you can okay. do things with the storytelling that you just can't do in that scrolling format. And so the way we tend to talk about it with creators is that you're, you're really doing two things. Number one, and most importantly, you're adding the element of time. So when you think about your story going from point A to point B, you could do that in three taps or you could do it in 30 taps. And that's going to dramatically change the experience of how the reader has that, that consumption of that moment. So there are things you can do in the storytelling that are just radically different and different and engaging in a way that just scrolling through a page or reading through a PDF, it just doesn't uh, deliver in the same way. Yeah. And the second thing, and this is the thing that's been the most interesting from some of the creators that we've been working with who are making new material is that you get the chance to treat every tap like a page turn traditionally. So you yeah. can land a joke or a jump scare or a surprise in a way that is literally impossible scrolling or honestly. Flipping. Yeah. I think um, I said that to Jay when yeah. he was showing me the web, when you were showing me the app, yeah. cause I, I used the app for a bit right yeah. around. So, right. And, um, I really like the tap. I think the only thing I didn't like, and it's the thing that Jay and I have yeah. a constant argument about, is about <laughs> sideways. Like we call mm. them sideways panels. So whenever in yeah. Webtoon, if you have a really big panel, some people instead of because it can't fit horizontally, they flip right. it. I despise yep. those. Um, yeah. <laughs> but on, on, your, <laughs> on your format, they like they're like a tap to go across thing. Yes. And I I was always hoping I was I personally wanted it to be like a you know like a push, like a like a flick, but uh-huh. I didn't really. That was the only thing I wasn't into, but yeah. it's not a big deal. That doesn't even use often. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely. It's funny because we approach those big panels because obviously the the, yeah, the 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 beauty of the big kind of double page spread yeah. absolutely is something that works in that wide format in a way that you're just you're not going to get vertically on a phone. Yeah. However, what how how we approach it is kind of coming back to some of the filmmaking that we are both in kind of obviously yeah. ensconced in is essentially you're panning across the scene. So we kind yeah. of approach our okay. original material, we're approaching it more like you're creating a, a almost like you're creating a film of some kind. It's like, okay, okay great. No, I get, I here's get the coverage, here's the thing. And yeah. I think the other yeah. thing the tap through allows us to do, Eben touched on it briefly, but it is the, you can do dialogue in a way that you simply cannot effectively yeah. do in any other format. I because really it's like so that. simple and it's so minimal. It's like, you know, balloon, 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 balloon. So you can do a joke that'll build and then have a punchline that's great. Or you can have, you know, very, very simply extend the drama of a scene. Mm. And, yeah. you know, I, I think, that, you know, you can dig into stuff with dialogue in a way, in, in our format, in a way that this doesn't work elsewhere. Yeah. Well, Shout out to Brian Michael Bendis. This is his dream format. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I really did like people the, like, the top <laughs> so People who like to draw, who like to write nine panel grids of dialogue. But, you know. Uh, I just, I'm so used to the webtoon, but I really did like the tap. Yeah. Most of the tap worked for me. It was just that one thing. Great. Oh, no, great. Yeah. Yep. And I think for a lot of people that works. It's cause like, I was saying it to Jay in the conversation that day, like, why aren't, you know, this looks, this looks like a wonderful way to like put a really good jump scare or like mm-hmm. tell, like show like a really cool panel. It's, it's going to take a lot of work, but it's there. And I think yeah. it's yeah. there. <laughs> 
just the last final thing on what you asked before about the formatting. So what we do do and is for anyone that that we do kind of invite onto the mm-hmm. platform after we've you know, connected, we work with them. So there's a process that we go through of like, we've got a set of templates. There's very standardized kind of like starting points for everything. And we okay. basically hold, you know, kind of work with you or work with them through the first episode or two. And yeah. then you're off and running, you know what you're doing. It's all yeah, pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. And even the adaptation process, it may look like it's a lot and it does take a little bit of time, but it's not crazy. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're bringing stuff over that's been in print. We're bringing stuff over that's been on Webtoons and adapting it to the tap through format. And there's a pretty standard way that we've you know figured out to do that. So it's, it's not as intense as it might initially look. Seem. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. That's, that's wonderful. Um, the second yeah. question I was, I was yelled at to ask, and this is literally like, this was last night I was told to ask this question. In the park um, while you were drunk. That's great. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's from uh, the free conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the last, last night in the, um, and uh, someone asked me, cause, uh, so Tapas has a, did you guys know what discord is? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tapas has a discord server and, um, a lot of webtoon creators have a discord server. And like, I think someone was talking to me and they said they knew someone that works with you. And they said that you guys don't use Discord for working. And they find that to be that personally, not the actual person that's working with you. The person who asked me said they find that to be terrifying because they they can't work, work with anything else. <laughs> but and as a programmer now, that's what I use. A lot of my own sure. work goes mm-hmm. through there. So I personally understand it. But I was wondering, yeah. is there a reason or is this just because like old habits die hard? What is it? It's not, there's no real reason. I think it's, it's actually more a function of how we've run our own creative business, you know, for the past decade prior to this. So, I mean, anyone that knows it, the main tool that we use is, is web software called Basecamp, which is just project management, uh, you know, coordination software. And so, you know, part of it is we, we've tried to make things, we have no objection to discord, but we tend to run everything through Basecamp, And then we try to just let people work the way they work. So if you want to put stuff together, you know, if you're working with a team of people that are using discord, use discord. If you want to, you know, okay. put stuff together all in Photoshop, but then bring it into our system that way. That's great. If you use Foot Studio, great. Like we want you to work the way that you know how to yeah. work. Okay. Um, and then just, we kind of just coordinate everything through Basecamp. Like, I only didn't say the word base camp because I didn't want to specifically, in case only like two people knew. <laughs> they were like, oh, the person who got me this information. Oh, um, no, everybody's on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to get into the heavy topic. Good. Prepare yeah. yourselves, take a drink of water. Ready? Excellent. Ready yourself. <laughs> Coffee for me, yes. So there's a, there's a story that I read on Twitter, and I'm it's from a creator who worked on Batgirl. She... Mm-hmm talks about yeah. how she's writing for Batgirl. DC has a Bat family convention that goes on for a lot with a lot of the Batman, Bat, you know, Nightwing writers. Yeah. Uh, she's a writer for Batgirl. She doesn't get invited. They make decisions without her being there. And they literally yeah. like just dump it on her and make her rewrite months and months of work. Um, I personally see that as not only a gender bias, but a bias towards people who are working like beneath you or in a position <clears throat> of less power. And yep. that is a very common industry conversation of using people with less money, that earn less money or with less clout. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tends to usually happen to a lot of women, a lot of women, a lot of social minorities, a lot of racial minorities. How are you guys approaching this in such a way that not only is your general workspace, I know you're, I know you're a startup, you're lean, you want yep. to get like maybe like 10 people tops. I've never seen the most startups only have like 
Se- ten, seven people. Um, yeah. I know. Less, how are you addressing less, that? Less, less. <laughs> yeah. even less. Great. Even <laughs> less. Yeah. So we're, we're not only. I mean, we're not only a startup, but we work remotely. So I mean, honestly, yeah. it's it's Adam and I, and then we have a third co-founder, which is a friend of ours that we've also known for a decade, who comes from the video game world. No. Um, so he was. He I me mean, just. I'll just give him a pat on the back momentarily. But he started Disney's mobile gaming division, so he kind of brings that perspective to what oh, he's doing. the reason i spent um, so much money on disney yeah. Infinity figures. That explains right. a lot. Again, again, blame, blame. Uh, so there's the there's the three of us and then it's a handful of of uh, contractors and collaborators and that's really yeah. the whole company yeah. right now so mm-hmm. we've, been, we've been able to kind of spin everything up you know very yeah. very I, lean in that regard i guess um, my thing is just like how are you addressing um yeah. you know your hiring policy you know yeah. hr stuff that kind of stuff i think so well, I, it, go ahead adam yeah I was going to say, I, mean, I think just before, sorry, but just to, to, to speak to that, because I think having, you know, Evan's run his own company basically his whole life and has been, you know, has, has grown and needed, employed people and whatever there. My experience was more in the film production end of things. So I started yeah. out as a production assistant at the bottom of the ladder and did yeah. a whole lot of, you know, I think my longest day was I, I remember seeing sunrise, sunset, sunrise, and the same work day, I made a hundred bucks for it. Um, was it, was that Tarantino? No, it was Frankenheimer, actually, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was Frankenheimer, uh, which was amazing, but yes. Um, yeah. But so, and then, so having been, uh, it, it, my, uh, very much our philosophy, and certainly, but certainly mine as well, is having been kind of on the bottom end of that, and, and, Definitely been in situations where, you know, there's been a lot of trickle down abuse. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, um, just taking advantage, obviously not, you know, uh, on a, on a kind of ethnic level, but on a, um, certainly on a kind of hierarchical level, yeah. you know, that it absolutely as the PA, you are everybody's whipping boy and that is yeah. not great. And so as I rose through the ranks in the entertainment industry versus, you know, second assistant, now first assistant, and when we direct, when we put teams together, I am always very, very cognizant. It's it, it, it's similar to our approach to the deal making side of things, where we try and look mm-hmm. at it as as creators and would we like this as a creator? I, we approach very much the same thing of wait. I remember what it was like being treated like crap. How would I feel if I was being treated this way? Great. Then we're not going to do those things. Um, okay. And so we're very, very cognizant of um, yeah. how we treat people, how we work with people. And and building a true kind of team of people because it goes, you know, back to what we said before, we can't do anything unless the creators are happy, and then the audience won't come unless the creators are producing good stuff, which yeah. tends to happen when they're happy and happy. when they're motivated. <laughs> yeah. What's the benefit of being a dick in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I also think this, you know, and this 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 feels like it's you know it's relevant to kind of what's happening in the world right mm-hmm. now in general as well as we talk about you know systemic racism and and all the things that are happening at a level that I think myself and a lot of people are seeing a kind of more bird's eye view of like, wait a second, like we've just gotten used to this. It doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity to kind of evaluate, not just the kind of obvious things of like, Hey, how many, you know, people of color or women are in this conversation 
um, or in this creator group or, you know, whatever different, you know, buckets you want to put people in. But, Mm. um, you know, it's also, I think looking at, you know, something that Adam and I have always, always done as creators ourselves is like, it's just boring to white to to write and create stories about white guys. Like there's a bunch of those out there. So like write about women, write about people of color. I mean, it's like, it's just more interesting. And then as we have built, as we've had the chance to, build, you know, teams of creators, not just for Macroverse, but in the other projects that we've done, it's like, why do we want more voices that sound like ours? Like, again, yeah. it's, just, again it's, it's boring. It's stupid. So, you know, it's been very intentional for us to go like, we mm-hmm. want other perspectives in here. And I think that, you know, anyone that's sort of not looking at it that way, in my opinion, it's like, you're, you're not, you're getting in your own way creatively. And I think there's a level of insecurity there. That's like, you know, why like empower somebody else to tell their story. That's going to be way more interesting than trying to dictate, you know, some sort of overarching point of view on things. So a lot of the things that have been the most interesting creatively have come from people that are number one, not us, but also have radically different backgrounds. Um, and I, I honestly believe it's like, you know, we, we, we tend to think we're pretty good at what we do, but I also have a very, pretty strong sneaking suspicion that the thing that's going to be kind of the real breakout hit on Macroverse is going to come from somebody else. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, the more we can empower again, other people Mm -hmm. to tell the stories they want to tell and, you know, approach things in a way that makes sense to them and is you know authentically their voice, the the better that's going to be for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous in this time, you know, that, that, that we're, that those things are happening. I mean, you're someone who's working on the, you know, the bat family and at DC and you're not getting invited to the conversation about what's happening in that world. Yeah, like that yeah. seems completely counterproductive on every exactly. level. It's insane. Uh, and when, you yeah. know, I think for us, like when we, you know, our original series, dead town, you know, working, we do tend to, because we kind of know we're writing to this, this format we have and because we tend to approach things for this kind of cinematic more of a directorial point of view for for, mm. for one of a word you know we tend to be with our scripts for our original material tend to be pretty precise in terms of hey we want this and this shot and this space change and here's a dialogue and here's how to, like we we tend to be pretty specific with that stuff um and at the same time the our artist a uh, fantastic artist Stephen perkins will then go away and he'll come back with questions. Hey guys, actually, I know you wrote this, but what about this? How do you feel? And then it becomes this fantastic collaboration between the three of us where, mm. you know, sometimes it's like, you know what? No, we really do want to be this way because of X, Y, Z. Fantastic. Mm. That's what happens. Other yeah. times like, well, no, great. God, your idea is much better. Let's go do that instead. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's not our own material. So if it's someone else that is their material working with, it's like, great, we'll have suggestions. We'll be in that kind of showrunner type of position. But yeah. ultimately it's, it, this is your material. Yeah. Like we're not. Do we don't well, want to I, take this stuff? You know. I think yeah. yeah. We I think we've always looked at our role too when we are working with other people. Is you know, it's like we want to make everything that we're working on the best that it can be. But that doesn't mean it's the best. We because it, it doesn't need to be the the thing that we think that is yeah. the best yeah. that it can be. So it's it's more about. I think this is a real skill set that I think a lot of people you know, maybe don't spend enough time working on developing. Is that if yeah. you're going to work with other creative people, the job is help them solve the problem their way, yeah. um, help them find a way that, you know, gets the, gets the note handled. It's not, I think there's a problem here. Here's how you have to fix it. It's more of here's a, here's, here's something that's not working for me. Let's look at that together. And how do you think we should solve that and finding a way to kind of empower that person you know, to find a solution that they're happy with. I mean, yep. Adam and I fight like crazy sometimes when we're working <laughs> on stuff together. 
but yeah. the result of that is always better yeah. than mm-hmm. you know if we didn't go through that process so of course, um, of course. yeah I get where you're, I get what you guys are saying. Yeah. I think another thing I want to just put, touch on is a few things actually. Yeah, um, please. One of them was uh, in a lot of creative creative spaces. There's like a weird social hierarchy that forms. I know, of course, you're paying people based on page views. People are weird, and they think that that is somehow a measure <laughs> of a person, um, yeah. which has always been strange <laughs> to me. Uh, I know a lot of creators just normally who don't who feel apprehensive about talking to people who are Mm -hmm. like bigger or have bigger audiences um yeah and like i feel like uh when you have a service where it's kind of you know closed off the creators would communicate with each other of course because they know that they all work together but also i think it it could introduce a weird hierarchical you know standpoint where like if Mm -hmm. jason asks um, some person to me, I'm not saying he's doing this, by the way, but if you ask some person <laughs> to, to like, you know, draw, to help him with, a, with help him with some drawing, the person will do it because he feels he owes Jason. And mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you would like address that. I personally already, mm-hmm. I, I have a community. I find that hard to address with just community members who have yeah. no power, <laughs> let alone, you know, someone with yeah. an audience. Yeah. No, I well, think it's a I mean, great question, but no, Evan, sorry, you take yeah. this. No, it's it's a great question. I mean, I think that, you know, it's it that that one I think is such a case by case um kind of mm-hmm. scenario on some level that, you know, I think we would have the we do have the kind of broad point of view of like, as Adam said, don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but secondly, I think, you know, there's a bit of a case by case you know question around that. It's like, you know, I've I've been on both sides of that particular equation where, you know, someone that I've looked up to has given I and, and now the way it has come across to me has given me the opportunity to participate in something yeah. that they were doing. And I wanted to do that. And I was happy that I got to do it regardless of whatever the you know compensation was. I've been on the other side of that equation where, you know, I have been asked to do stuff that I didn't want to do and felt like I shouldn't have to do and wasn't compensated the way that I thought I should. Have been <laughs> for it. So, you know, I, I've seen, you know, I've felt both of those things. So I think it can look the same, but feel radically different to the mm-hmm. people that are involved. And so I think mm-hmm. there's, there, there's some elements of that in there. Um, but I think, you know, we just don't want to abuse people in any way. And I think that a larger context to what you're talking about is something that you know Adam and I talk actually quite a bit about and is very present for me as I've gotten older and hopefully wiser in my career is that I I I know for myself I assign a lot of my value to external you know I have a tendency to assign a lot of my kind of value and self-esteem to external measures so whether that's Mm -hmm. how much money am I making or how much you know how many people are, are responding to the things that I'm doing like that's just built into my psyche. Like I'm aware that it's there. I see that it happens and I spend intentional, you know, kind of cycles in my brain to try to unwind that because I think as I've gotten older and wiser and more experienced, you know, what I've really tried to steer my own mentality towards is being in love with the process, being in love with the the actual activity of doing the thing, of making the thing, not being attached to the external results of that thing. Um, and so I think, you know, that, that is my, my general advice to all creators is that it's so easy to get wrapped up in the, especially mm-hmm. in this kind of social media, you know, uh, serotonin hit that we've gotten also addicted to, you know, that it's like, it's not about, you know, the number of likes, it's about doing good work. It's about feeling good about the work that you're doing. And it's about mm-hmm. consistency. And if you're doing something that you love that you know other people start to respond to it's you know it's one way or another it's all going to work out and if that one doesn't do the next one mm-hmm. 
you know, and I think that's the, that's the mentality that I think we all have to, in my opinion, kind of have to you know, try to push ourselves towards. If someone else is doing great, what can we learn from that person? You know, what mm-hmm. did they do? You know, it's like when you look at a Kickstarter that's gotten, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's like, yeah, there's something great about that project usually, but the other question is like, what lessons can I take from that that can influence the next thing that I'm going to do? Yeah. Uh, you know, or, you know, so I think it's, you know, it's trying to, I think, you know, we live in a very status oriented world right now, but I think it's healthier for all of us to try to take a step back from that, to try to, you know, see where those things affect our own points of view, our own mentality, the way that we approach life in general, let alone these creators creative endeavors. And try to find the healthy balance of, you know, what really matters, what, you know, what the external validation does, uh, both positively and negatively, um, and how to, you know, move forward from there. I don't know. It's a weird answer to your question. Honestly, your answers are really interesting. It. Yeah. So yeah. it's fine. Um, <laughs> I think the last one is, real. so you said, you say you like to let the creators work on their own terms. A lot of creators, mm-hmm. so you're letting them do their own thing, but of course you're, you're just doing a show running role um how much moderation is going into this like i understand creative vision and freedom but yep. on webtoon right now there's literally a comic about chess i'm not going to name the name of the comic it's a comic <laughs> about chess um and it, it, it do, it's about chess but the pieces are anthropomorphized and there's literally a line in the first chapter where it talks about how can the blacks be so offend, horrible to all the whites oh and they didn't mean it that way the person doesn't speak English as their first language so they just messed up I need to cover up for them really quick they just messed up but it is clear that there is no moder- there's minimal moderation yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. like it's how would it be approached you know do you look at someone's work and say Maybe don't put that in, even if you really want to. Or yeah, are you gonna yeah. just be like, at the ass, create a vision. It's, I think it is always it's always a balancing act. Like so, it, I think it, it it's funny. I've spent a lot of my kind of professional career in mm. doing comedy, and a lot of kind of R-rated. Like I've been in the kind of Seth Rogen camp for a while with this kind of hard R-rated comedy that you know. Uh, some of it is a little offensive, of course, because they're pushing buttons. So it's that kind of. Mm. And on the flip side, how do you make sure that you're not being insensitive and and deliberately offensive? Mm-hmm. And so I think it is that there is that balancing act in there. But I think it's the benefit of us being fully curated is we are able. We you know everything that comes in is read. Everything has gone through. Like and then we actually. I don't think we've faced anything yet that has been like, oh, that's a little much. We should tone that down. No. But our barometer is set pretty finely in terms of, okay, it, it, you know, this is this is acceptable. This might not be. Could you rephrase this about this? Oh, yeah. the storyline is this kind of wandering <laughs> off somewhere that's a bit funky. Okay, let's you know. So there's, yeah. I, I'd say again, it's the kind of curation rather than editing. I would. Okay. Yeah. That's the and I, I think it's, it is also the difference of, you know, the way that we context that we contextualize, you know, webtoons as YouTube and what we're doing as HBO and that, you know, yeah. web, no one's paying attention at webtoons. It's just like, you put your stuff up and you hope, it, hope something happens for the most part. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think as Adam was saying, it's like, I think, you know, we're, we're in a different position and we're upfront from the beginning that it's like, this is a partnership and you know, this is, a, this is something we're going to do together um, and we're going to benefit if it works and we're going to not benefit if it doesn't work and we're going to do the best we can to make it you know, something great. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, also, it's like we do have a clause in our contract and it's something that, you know, some people will disagree with. But if something is blatantly offensive or racist or, you know, homophobic or, you know, whatever those, you know, the, the things that we care about as humans, um, <laughs> if, if something crosses those lines unabashedly, it's not going up. Like we're yeah. just, oh, yeah, not, we're not interested in being in that side of the content world yeah um yeah. so you know some people will hate that but that's our that's yeah. that's the type of business we want to build <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. that's honestly a lot of the answers have been really re re refreshing for one and also stopped me from worrying as much as i was earlier <laughs> i learned a lot okay. i learned a lot yeah I thought, I thought i was gonna hear some questionable things not because of you <laughs> just because in general that's what i expect oh well, um, yeah i think that's totally yeah. fair <laughs> yes <laughs> hey man 2020 yeah yeah it's been a year yeah. so i've just been, <laughs> i'm not really keeping my hopes up for anything yeah right. um anything you guys want to say last minute any information any, you know, whatever you want to drop for people to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the only thing I would say is I hope people will check out the app. So if you haven't had a chance to, you know, see what mm -hmm. we're doing on Macroverse, I hope people will find it and download mm -hmm. it on either iOS or Android. Um, you know, it is a seven day free trial, so you can jump in and sample a bunch of stuff and, you know, see if you like what we're doing. And if you do, we hope you'll stick around and tell people and help us grow this thing. Cause I think there really is, yeah, you know, it's double-sided. I think there is a genuine business opportunity here as a broad scale. And I also mm. think there's a real opportunity to empower kind of the next generation of independent creativity in a way that makes sense, both from a creative standpoint and from a business standpoint. And I think that's the, that's really the, the hole in the market that we're trying to fill and the thing that we want to provide for ourselves and for the other creators. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm going to, I get long winded, but I'm going to let myself for a second here. I've been, I've been kind of reconnecting in a weird way through a series of podcasts and things I've run it, run into recently, just with mm -hmm. my own formative years as a cartoonist and as a creator and kind of growing up in comics and kind of re-remembering honestly, kind of how exciting it was at, at, in that time frame, like in that early nineties indie boom, like there was stuff every week that you didn't know was going to be at the comic store that was, you know, refreshing and totally unique and different. And, and, and that got me so excited. And I realized like that, feels like it's missing from the market right now. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, like where's the real experimentation? Where's the real creative, you know, just like, let me try something like, you know, just yeah. do something new and raw and different just because you want to like that, even, even in the broad scale of something like webtoons, like that feels like there's a real, you know, tone to what webtoons is or, you know, what, what web comics have become. So it's like, mm -hmm. where can we kind of really engender that kind of real creative expression and explosion of just like doing stuff because we're, you know, in the, we have this ability to put stuff out in the world um, in a way that, you know, we've never had before. And so, you know, it just, I'm just rem remembering some of that and, and and looking back at some of that work and listening to uh, interviews with some of those creators and also, you know, from a history lesson point of view, seeing like where that went away. And it really was when Diamond became a monopoly, when they were no longer able to re uh, solicit books. So they, they're a huge portion of their income went away because they couldn't monetize their back catalog. Like, yeah. you know, kind of looking at all that stuff of like, you know, that, that, that history, that progression and the collapsing of the, the direct market in a lot of ways because of that. And nothing has risen up to kind of, you know, give that a new home, give that 
part of the comics world, a new home. And so this is my invitation to anyone out there that, you know, wants to do that kind of stuff, like bring it to us. Let's look at it. Let's talk about it. Let's you know figure out a way to make it what you want it to be and, and to make it something that can resonate with people as well. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not looking for a particular genre. We're not looking for a particular style. We're just looking for good work and we, we love to see it. And uh, yeah. if it's, if you're not making stuff, then go consume stuff that other people are making. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. that's, that's my, that's my, uh, my little pitch here at the end, but yeah, you can find us on uh, social media, on Instagram at Macroverse media. That's our main um, social home mm-hmm. and, uh, and then, yeah, find us on the app. And we're also very, very interested in feedback from creators, from, yeah. uh, people on, mm-hmm. on, you know, that are in the audience. Like, you know, this is, you know, this is something we care deeply about and, you know, we want it to be something like that, that works for creators in the best possible way. And that, you know, excites readers in the best possible way. Um, so let us know what you think, the good, the bad, the ugly, we're, we're down for all of it. Exactly. Oh yeah. No, and like, yeah, just to, to echo that point, I think, man, you, you know, the, the, the fact, the, the detail that you, the, the questions you brought about the app and obviously talking to other creators that were talking about it and like digging into yeah. the, what works and what doesn't work very, very genuinely, that is fantastic. And it's, yeah, it's where we're not precious about stuff in that way. And I think that in the same way that we don't kind of hyper control the, the creative process we're also just very very uh, you know receptive to yeah uh, thoughts ideas comments would that be good yes that, this doesn't work great here's what you know just just play in this space it's it's good yeah yeah hello again thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed it told you i'd see you on the other side if you liked it do give us a like and a subscribe check out our patreon for content like this early every dollar of course helps us continue to make content that hopefully you enjoy i've been nen adam eben and you guys have been extremely awesome and i'll see you all on the next one